You know, they say you uh, can find anything on Google, and you always joke about you never seen a hearse with a trailer, but I thought, well, it's worth a search, and uh, I found it. Um, but we joke about that. The, the truth is, that's the reality of death. We don't like to think about it, but you really can't take it with you. We accumulate our stuff, and uh, the things we own, our houses, our cars, our toys, our money, our assets, our portfolio, our careers, even our popularity and how many friends we have, but the truth is when we're dead, that's all gone. Death catches us and all of our stuff, it doesn't go with us. You really can't take it with you, except I want you to think about it because that's not exactly true. There is one thing you get to take to heaven with you, and this is not a trick question. Think about it. What would be the one thing you get to take to heaven with you? People. Other people. People we touch, people who impact, we impact their lives, somehow their lives have changed because of something we've done. We'll see them in heaven. That is the one thing you can take with you to heaven, people. Now just hold on to that thought for a second. I want to review a little bit, or if you're visiting, help catch you up. We are in the middle of a sermon series, one more week after today, that I've called blessed. And it's really about the concept that God is a gracious God who blesses us. We are blessed. He takes care of us. He gives us things, all kinds of things God gives us. We're blessed people. But He doesn't do that just for our own enjoyment. He doesn't do that just because He's a good God, and He doesn't do that because we're so wonderful and deserve it. He does that because he has a higher purpose. He blesses us so that we in turn can take that blessing, whatever it may be or whoever we are, and we can turn around and bless others. When he starts working with the, the nation of Israel, he says to Abraham, and he repeats it to Abraham's son, and he repeats it to Abraham's grandson. And then in the book of Acts, we read that Peter says, and it applies to us, we've inherited this. And what we've inherited is this concept from Genesis 12, where God says to Abram, I will bless you. I'm going to really bless you. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make a great nation out of you so that all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. He was going to bless Abraham so Abraham and Israel could bless others. In fact, all others, all peoples of the earth. And that's God's plan, not just for Abraham. And not just for the Jewish nation. It's His plan for us as Christians. That He would bless us so that we can turn around and find a higher level of purpose in our life by being a blessing to others. The reality that Paul paints for us, the picture he paints for us, is that every one of us, if you're a visitor here for the first time, it's still true for you. If you're a Christian, 
And that is that God is working in your life. He has a plan for you. He has work for you to do. He says that to us in Ephesians through Paul. That every one of us are God's workmanship, God's work project. That, that, that project that God is working on in us. Because God has plans for you. He has things for you to do. It's just a different way of saying he's blessing you so that you can turn around and bless others. And we've talked about those blessings, not just the concept, but we looked at all of our abilities, our skills. I use the acronym our shape, our spiritual gifts, our heart, our passions, the things that we really deeply care about. Our abilities, our personality, even our experiences, that God uses that shape as a signpost of how He wants to use us, the work He has for us to do. That's why I'm offering starting Wednesday night for three Wednesdays or next Sunday morning for three Sundays, a simple class, Discovering Your Shape. It's a great class. I honestly am surprised more haven't signed up for it. It's fun. We have eight people. But it's a great way to look and say, okay, what is my shape? Because that's a signpost for how God has the work He has for you to do. He's not going to create you one way and then say, work over here. Do this for me. He's going to say, I created you this way because that's how I want to use you. Now, work here. So I hope you'll sign up on that connections card and just spend three weeks finding your shape. But that's not the only way God wants us to bless others. We saw last week that God also wants us to bless others through the resources He gives us. The money He gives us, the things we buy with that money. That we can bless others with our stuff. And that He has plans for that. That can be as simple as getting this afternoon in your snowblower or your tractor with a snowblower and going and doing a neighbor's driveway. And bless somebody with your stuff. And there's all kinds of ways God wants you to bless others with the resources He gives you. But whether it's your skills and abilities, your talents, or it's your resources, there's an even greater resource that God gives you. And that's what I want to talk about today. And you might say, well, what is that greater resource? It's people. That one thing that we get to take to heaven with us, people. The reality is one of the greatest blessings we have are the people around us, the relationships we have and the potential for relationships. We haven't even opened that gift yet. But every one of us has people around us, people that matter because they carry God's image. They're a child of God. Whether they know God or not, whether they've run away from God or not, they're still carrying His image. You know, I'm, I'm like my dad. Like it or not, I'm like my dad. And we all carry the image of God. But they're important not just because of that. They're important because God loved them enough to die for them. That's how important they are to Him. And that's why those people around us are, I say, our greatest resource, our greatest blessing. Because they're the only blessing that will last for eternity the people around us. So who are we talking about? 
Well, one of my famous diagrams is in the sermon notes. It looks like this, except it's not filled in. You're there in the middle, we all are, and we have our friends, the square, in one hand. That's some of the people God's blessed you with. In the other hand is all those people around us at work. Or if you're a student, all those students around you in the classroom. But it's not just that. There's that little house down in the corner because we all have a family. Good, bad, or indifferent, we all have a family. They're some of the people in our lives. And then within that circle, we want to add just those other people I know. Wouldn't call them my best friends, but they're that other circle of people that I know. But that's not the only people in our lives. Outside that circle, there's all those other people that I encounter this afternoon when I go to the store. Just during the week, we run into random people that still matter to God. And that He may have us run into them for a purpose that we don't even see or understand. And of course, there's those people that on the other side of the world, that although we may not know them, we may impact their lives by eating tacos and putting some money in an offering for a mission trip. Or giving a Christmas Eve offering for orphans in Liberia. And I fully believe in heaven some of those people that we touch indirectly, we will run into, and because we have eternity, they'll say, oh, are you from that Andover Christian Church? Your team came down and changed the direction of my life. Thank you. And you're going to say, wow, all I did was put 40 bucks in the plate and eat tacos. But it's more than that. It's a chance for us to impact the people around us. We can be a blessing to all of them. But to do that, we have to change our glasses. We talk about looking at people through different lenses, putting on a different pair of glasses. Well, for us to understand how important this is, we have to change how we look at people around us. Look at them through God's glasses. Paul talks about this and how he had to make this change in his own life. If you look at what he says in 2 Corinthians 5, he's talking about Jesus. And this is from the New Living Translation. It's just sort of a fresh way to put it. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. We see people differently. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. The challenge of God is that as we become a Christian and understand the love of Christ, that love will cause us to look at the people around us through God's glasses. And we will see them differently. We'll notice them. If you're like me... The greatest danger is not that I discount people, it's that I don't even see them. We're so busy and we're so focused and we're doing this and we're doing that and we don't even notice the people around us. Or we discount them, we don't value them. They're strangers or they're irritating or they're driving too slow or too fast or their shopping carts in the way and that's all we see. And God says, I see so much more in those people 
And so before we can see them as a resource, as how God wants us to bless them, we have to see them differently. And realize that God may want to bless them today in this encounter through me. How can I be a blessing to them? So how do we bless people? Well, there's one first and obvious step. And that is you have to get to know them. This is a card from a, a church I ran across. I've printed it and showed it before. It's that, uh, as they joke about the card of shame, it was for me. Put your house in the middle and do you know the people around you? Or make this your office. Do you know the people around you? Or make this the classroom. Do you know the people around you? Because we can't be a blessing to strangers. That way we can. But our ability to impact another's life, to be a real blessing is exponentially multiplied once we know their name and we get to know them. That's the beginning point. Remember God's second commandment. Jesus is asked, what is the most important thing? And he says, well, the first thing is clear. You need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. But Jesus will not stop there. He just keeps right on going, no pause. But I got to tell you the second one. Because it's just as important. And that is that you love your neighbors yourself. That's what God sees as important for us. That's what God says, this is the number two thing for me. For you, as I look at you, are you loving your neighbors yourself? That needs to motivate us in how we make the effort to bless people. We realize that these people around us are not there by chance. That God may, they may be part of God's work for us. So how do you do that? How do you bless those people around you? Well, I want to share uh, an acrostic with you that uh, isn't original with me. It's actually from a Christian church in suburban Chicago. They came up with this, and it uses the word bless. Bless. But what's so cool about this is anyone can do this. I I am very serious. Anyone in this room can do this. You can do this. Doesn't matter why I can't preach, I can't sing, I can't teach, I get nervous in front of people. Doesn't matter. Anybody can do this. That's why it's so genius. Let me just walk through bless for you. Begin with prayer. You don't need to say a word to that person. If if you don't know their name, pray for the people who live in the red house. But you begin with prayer. You pray for that person. You lift them up to God. You pray for their needs if you know them. You pray for their heart. You pray for God to touch them. And you pray that God will give you an opportunity to somehow bless their life. Now, if you've never done that kind of stuff, I want a full disclaimer, small print. What I've just told you is dangerous stuff. And if you start doing it regularly, things will happen, I guarantee you. You start having that prayer with God, and you're going to see things happen. Exciting things, neat things, amazing things, but put on your seatbelt, 
This is not an empty prayer that nothing happens. So that you begin to bless people, by you begin by praying for them. The second, the L is listen to people. Listen. Do you know what we are guilty of as Christians? We talk too much. We have heard these scriptures so much, I got to preach. I got to tell them the truth. And the reality is, and we're getting all kinds of feedback from studies, etc. The world out there is, is tired of us preaching at them. You know what they want to know? They want to know we care. That we see them as a real person, not just a conquest or a statistic, but as a real person we care about. And you know one of the greatest ways we can show people that we care? Listen. What's going on in their life? Just listen. Get to know their story. Ask them how things are going. If they mention something, fall off. I was just at the hospital visiting my mom. Oh, what's going on with your mom? I'm worried at work. Oh, what's up? Just listen. And guess what? It's going to revolutionize your prayer. The B changes as you listen. Because now you suddenly have all kinds of things to pray about for them because you listened. And as you listen, they find out that you care. In our world, there's not a lot of listening going on, is there? And the person that actually stops, isn't hurried, and says, tell me what's going on, is starting to stand out more and more as that unusual person who really noticed me, who really cared about me. And that is so powerful. That's the L. The E of bless, you're going to like this one, eat. Really, that's what the E is, eat. Now think about that, and you won't think it's so crazy. How do relationships grow in our American culture? We get together and have a cup of coffee. We go out for lunch. We do something fun, and in that process of eating together, meeting for lunch, going out for pizza, having a cup of coffee, our relationships deepen. Now, if you're filling it out, you can put another E there, and that's experience. And this is more for the guys in the house. You've heard that old phrase, women get to know each other face-to-face, -face, talking, relationship, sharing. And all you women, yeah, and every guy in the room just went, ugh. Guys don't build relationships face-to-face. -face. Guys build relationships shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder doing something, tackling something, creating something, playing a game, something, shoulder-to-shoulder, -shoulder, some experience. And that's why they added a different E. Because sometimes it's, hey, will you come over and help me do this? Or can I come over and help you? Or let's go fishing. Or let's play around round of golf. Or let's go hunting. Or whatever it is, that experience allows us to get closer. So you got two good choices. Eat, experience, or put them both together. But we're not just doing it to doing it. We're doing it because that lets us get to know people. The S, the first S, is then we look for ways to serve them. How can we help? What can we do for them? And of all the letters in this acrostic, I think today this is becoming the most powerful of all of them.
Because one of the first reactions you're going to get is, what's, what's the catch? What, what are you looking for? Because that's assumed anymore. There is nothing free. And so if somebody wants something, you, you know, I told you about going around at Christmas with a gift for our neighbors, and the, the immediate response, what are, you, what, what are you selling or what? No, it's just a gift. No strings attached. What? People don't know what to do with that anymore. And just serving, even doing it without getting credit, just serving. As you listen, as you get to know their life, maybe there's something you're going to discover that, hey, I could help with that. I could do that. Can I, can I drive you? Just little ways because you are communicating even more than listening by serving them without a cost or a strings attached, you're showing them you care about them. And then they're going to wait for a few days or weeks wondering, oh yeah, sure, it's going to come. There's some string attached to this, they've just been hiding it. And it doesn't come. And then it gets more powerful, and you serve them again, and they're like, what is up with you? Because you see, there may at some point be a chance to just say, I just care. You know why? Well, that's the final S. And that is, at some point, you share your story. Now, notice there is not a P or a T in here. There is no preaching, and there is no telling Oh, there's no J, judging. Those are the messages the unchurched are saying we constantly get from the Christians. And it's driving them away. But we do have a right at some point, lastly, after we've built a relationship, after we've proven to them that we care, whatever they believe or wherever they stand or whatever their lifestyle, we care. At some point, with the Spirit working and God's help and prayer, we may have a chance to tell our story. And not the whole thing. Please don't do that. Don't aim a fire hose at them. But maybe you can say, yeah, my mom died too. That was a tough time. You know, after a while, I finally realized that you just can't handle death by yourself. And it was prayer that changed me. It, 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 that's how I got through it. And you tell your story. And maybe you say, if you don't mind, do you mind if I put you on my prayer list and I pray for you because you're losing your mom? And I, I, I not in one in a hundred times, we have somebody say, don't, don't, don't pray for me. It can happen. It has happened. But it is pretty rare. It may be, well, but, 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 well, I guess, go ahead. Even though, Well, it doesn't matter, but if you want to, go ahead. Well, that's okay. But it comes out of you telling your story. How did God change your life? Remember the one story of the gathering demoniac, and, and Christ heals him and has totally changed his life, and he says, Jesus, I want to come with you, because Jesus and the disciples are sho shoving off in the boat. And Jesus says the most amazing thing. He says, no, you can't come with me. My work for you, I need you to stay here and tell the others what the Lord has done for you. Share your story. That's that last S. Just tell others what God has done for you. And you're praying, 
and amazing things are going to happen. I want you to remember this. So there's a bookmark on each of the connection card stands. And if you'd like one, pick one up. Stick it in your Bible, where you see it. Just to remind yourself of, of the bless process. And on the back are some ideas of who are my neighbors? Are they my friends, my relatives, my co-workers? My neighbors, my acquaintances, strangers I encounter. Who can you begin praying for so that you can bless? It is one of the greatest ways that we can be a blessing to others. As God has blessed us with all the people around you. To me, Ephesians 2.10 is an instant challenge. Where Paul says, I am God's work project. I don't know about your personality, but for me, my personality is immediately, well, what's he doing? You know, what's he trying to do in me? If he's working on me, what is he trying to do? I want to try and discover that. I, I want to cooperate. I believe God is a good God, so if he's doing something, it must be positive. I want to find out what it is he's doing in me. I can't tell you everything God's doing in you. And I'm real careful about saying, God told me. But I am confident today I know one of the things God is trying to do in you. One way you are his work project. And it comes to that drawing. The people in your lives, the people around you, I have no doubt that part of the work God is trying to do is to help you bless them as he has blessed you. Be a blessing in their lives. Slow down. Notice them. Take the time to bless them. Let's pray. Father, you have blessed us. And we thank you for that. You've blessed us with Jesus. You've blessed us with giving part of yourself to live in us. And you've blessed us with the people around us, the people in this church, our spiritual family. But our human families and, and the people we work with and live with and play ball with and craft with and go to school with and play on sports teams with. But you want us to bless them too. What a privilege that you would want to bless them through us. Help us understand that privilege. And I ask you to help us see them differently. To look at them and say, how can I be a blessing to them? Help us, Father. Be blessed so we can bless. In your Son's name, amen.